This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. That's right. On November 6th, we are already back in action for college hoops, even though I feel like the season doesn't really start mm, until March for me. Like I will bet on these daily games, but when it comes to the futures market, I don't think I'm super interested in placing a pregame or a preseason wager on who's going to win it all. Because doesn't it feel like of any sport, this really has the most volatility of any format of the postseason march madness yes i feel like oh especially when we get to the tournament i mean we know how the tournament is that's yeah. why they call it madness because it's going to be all over mm-hmm. the place but even during the regular season that's why and we see so many people do this i think you're good at this as well is that because there is so much volatility be it now or come tournament time the best thing to do is to look beyond the major conferences beyond the big names and try i know it's fun to bet on the big game matchups, I get that. And I'm not saying don't have some fun and do that. But if you really want to try to find some consistent value, you really have to look at mid-majors and go off the grid a little bit. Oh, for sure. When it comes to a daily uh, betting basis. Yes. But I'm talking about when betting on the futures market. Like, are you really going to take Kansas off the jump as the favorite? Like, you are getting pretty long odds. I'll give you that because as opposed to other yeah. sports – the favorite is normally like plus 450, say in the NFL, but also there is a finite amount of teams that can win it in the NFL, as opposed to college basketball, where it feels like there are so many teams that could possibly win March Madness. Now, normally it is one of those blue bloods who is at least contending for a national championship. Mm-hmm. Here's the question I wanted to ask. Do you think we'll see as much parody in this year's March Madness as we saw last year like think about all the underdog teams that not only won games in March Madness but made it to like the final Mm -hmm. stages like look at Florida Atlantic look at I feel like Fairleigh Dickinson made it pretty far in March Madness it felt like last year's March Madness is a tournament that will not be repeated I yeah it's it's tough to say I last year was special in the pantheon of March Madness but when you have someone like Fairleigh Dickinson that's a perfect example but then again you know UMBC pulled off that incredible upset over Virginia two or three years ago so yeah I don't know I I I always feel like when it comes to March Madness at least for me we tend to have a, a little bit of recency bias because there's a huge amount of upsets and you're like oh my god we're not gonna see this again but then I guarantee you, come March, we're going to start seeing this again, where a team you never expect rises up, has a huge run. You can go back, I mean, forever. What was it, Florida Gulf Coast University, where they were just dunking the ball all over the place a few years ago? I'm just trying to go off the top of my head here. But this is just one of the things, this is one of the reasons why people love college basketball. Well, I'm not saying that we won't see upsets at all. I'm saying 
we may not see those teams in the final stages. Like, do you get what I'm saying? Right. Like, it wasn't yes. Duke and Carolina matching up uh, for the national championship this year, even or last year, even though it was UConn, who was one of the favorites to win it all going into the tournament, who actually won the national championship. So for me, I don't think I'll be betting on any of these futures until a little bit later in the season. And speaking yeah. of volatility, I think you also have to take this into consideration. There are so many transfers in college basketball that sometimes it takes a few months or at least a few weeks for these teams to kind of find their chemistry. And here's also the thing about college hoops. Like it feels like the transfer portal is busier than it's ever been. And if you haven't been paying attention, there are a few big transfers that you need to know about over the summer. The splashiest one was Hunter Dickinson of Michigan, Michigan, going to Kansas. I feel like that is the number one move that everybody was following. And that is probably why Kansas is your favorite to win it all. Also for you, Jinx, your Longhorns picking up Max Admus mm -hmm. of Oral Roberts, a team that if you follow March Madness is usually there. Usually they shoot a bunch of threes. That was a big one. And also Caleb Love from UNC transferring to Arizona, which was kind of weird to me. I thought mm -hmm. you want to transfer away from North Carolina. What's going on there? Was it just about the money? But, you know, in this day and age, yeah. it certainly can be about the money and nobody can say anything. So, Jenks, do you have a take on Max Admus going to Texas? I know you're a huge Longhorn fan. They were a great team last year, at least defensively speaking. They did fall short, obviously. They did not win at yeah. all. But do you like your Longhorns going into this season? Yeah, I, I do, I, I, at least from a value perspective, because right now, if you're looking at the Big 12 regular season championship odds, then you've got Kansas, the favorite, at plus 150, Houston, plus 375, which I like a lot. But Texas at plus 550, I think, is is interesting. I think the real roll of the dice with Texas isn't Abbott's coming over or Caden Shedrick coming over from Virginia because they have a talented roster. But now you get Rodney Terry with a, a full season to coach this Texas Longhorns team. And so... He did a great job last year. There's no question about it. But a team can take on a different personality when you have a full offseason with a new head coach and he gets to sort of put his imprint on the team. So I like the talent that they have acquired via the portal. And Dylan Disu is still sort of a question mark because he had a foot injury. I don't know if he's going to be 100% healthy. But I'm big on Texas this season, at least value-wise. But I want to see how they perform under Rodney Terry. Oh, for sure. And I think that's my general takeaway is a wait and see approach when it comes to college basketball, just even at least a week, because I don't think it's super smart to go, you know, diving headfirst into yeah. any sport that you don't have any kind of sample size because there's such a revolving door when it comes to whoever's on the court for most of these teams. Like maybe it's not the same deal for some of these mid-majors. And that's maybe where you can find some value if there's a team that returns a bunch of starters and they're basically the same team as last year. Maybe those are the teams you need to be looking at. But early on the year, what we're going to be seeing is some massive spreads when it comes to these uh, top dogs. They're going to be pay playing non-conference opponents. And I'm not really super interested in those games because it feels like they go one of two directions. Either the Blue Blood wins by like 60 points or they barely eke out these wins because it's not crazy to see these big names even lose outright to some bad teams early in the year just because they're working in different rosters. So for me, I'm not going to be betting on any of those games. What is your strategy early on? Do you look at these games or are you somebody who's going to wait at least a week before you kind of dip your toe in? 
I'm going to try. I'm going to try to find some futures plays that I like, but as far as individual games, then that's something I'll probably stay away from. And and for one of the reasons you mentioned, which is it just takes time for these teams to come together, particularly when you're talking about so many different changes on each particular roster. Like Arizona is is crazy to me. And, and you mentioned Caleb Love, and then they got Umar Balo from Gonzaga. Keyshawn Johnson from San Diego State, which had an incredible run. So all of a sudden, you have a team like Arizona has a massive amount of talent anyway. And Tommy Lloyd has done a brilliant job in his first couple of seasons as a head coach. And then they add all this other talent. So that's someone I would take a look at right now. They're 20 to 1. Just based on talent alone, I think there's value there on the Wildcats. But at the same time, it is early in the season and these odds will fluctuate. But at the very least, as opposed to individual game handicapping, I think you can find a little more consistency if you look at the talent on the roster, how a team performed last year, and then maybe find value futures-wise. Did you say Keyshawn Johnson? Am I missing something? No, no, no. No, 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 no. Not Keyshawn Johnson. No, no, no. Uh, Keyshawn, wait, Keyshad Johnson. Oh, was like, does, I know he no. has a son, but man, do I feel, Keyshad. does he have another not son? Keyshawn. No, no, We're no. We're getting no, no. to that Very age similar, but where not it's the like <laughs> these big names that have like sons and you're like, God, I'm old. He already has a son that's in college and no. doing big things. So for a second, I was no. like, man, Keyshawn Johnson, he's got another, you know, Keyshawn Johnson Jr. running around there. But I think, you know, my takeaway for this is I know people are listening thinking, well, give us some pits. Listen, cool your jets. We'll give you some picks in about a week. I need to see some of these teams, I don't know, involved in a few games. But here's my other advice going forward for the college basketball season. I say you pick one or two conferences and you stay there because I think the Mm -hmm. toughest part about college basketball is looking at the slate and seeing what a hundred games. Like literally there are hundreds of games on the slate when it comes to some of these big days of the week where everybody is playing, the more you specialize and the more you narrow the field, I think the sharper you can be because nobody's going to be able to know everything about every single team. So you pick a conference and you follow that conference all season long. And that way you can kind of have a better handle on what's going on uh, when it comes to those teams. Once March Madness rolls around, that's when you can start looking at all the teams and say, okay, I really got to start studying. But in the meantime, I think I'll be looking at like maybe one or two conferences. No, I hear that. I went through yesterday and tried to look at some futures here for each individual conference. I'll give you one more national title pick that I do like at least right now because you can get it at 16 to one and it's Michigan State just because first of all, you can never go wrong with a tried and true head coach like Tom Izzo, right? Number two, they have an awesome backcourt. We know AJ Hoggard, Tyson Walker, are going to be there so that backcourt is as good as any in the country and what i was reading about yesterday which i i think is interesting is that generally the way Izzo recruits is he'll get some big name recruits no question but his his history is to take these these midwestern guys who are very talented and sort of mold them over three or four years these blue collar basketball guys but in addition to hoggard and walker he also has a huge recruiting class with four four-star recruits coming in that is not necessarily the way Michigan State always does things so if he can take that young talent and mold it with the guys already in the backcourt and you have a Hall of Fame head coach Michigan State at 16 to 1 win the national title I do think is interesting I do think and I do wonder if that's going to be a storyline and a betting angle from here on out 
is betting on a team based on the coach. Because in years past, it has rung true. There is a reason that you see Tom Izzo year in and year out in the final mm-hmm. four, and at least the sweet 16, because coaching does matter, I think, in college hoops. But it feels like it's starting to, I don't know, matter less, or that, you know, the the nature of the game has just changed so much. Do you think we'll sure. continue to see those big-name head coaches really be a factor when it comes to the postseason? I, I do, but I know what you're saying is that in-game mm-hmm. decisions will be huge. At the same time, developing talent is going to be more of a lost art because guys either leave quickly or go to the NBA. Yeah, even though Coach Cal's been doing that for years, uh, whether <laughs> legally or not. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not the NCAA. That burden's not on me. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.